At the Canaan Church, our mission is bringing people to Christ and helping every person to become a mature disciple in Christ. Canaan Christian Church, where people dare to dream. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. We bless the Lord this morning for an opportunity to stand before you and to surrender ourselves to him. We're asking that he anoints every ear, every heart, that we might know his word. We might hide it in our hearts, that we might not sin against him. We thank God for that word. So this morning, we're teaching on growing in faith. And it's in line with what um, pastor has been preaching and teaching in terms of the word, knowing the word, understanding the word, hiding the word, being able to use the word, stand on the word. This is all about growth. So I'll be coming from 2 Peter, starting with the first, ver first chap verse through the 11th. That's 2 Peter, first verse through the 11th. Okay, and it reads like this. Simon Peter, a servant and an apostle of Jesus Christ, to them that have obtained like precious faith with us through the righteousness of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's just pause right there for a moment, just so we can get to know Peter a little bit better. Peter is one of the apostles, and everybody, I believe everyone should know that. Not everyone might, but I'm telling you anyway. Simon Peter is a servant. He says, a servant and apostle of God. He is letting us know that he is bound to God, not just in who he is, but what he's been called to do. He's a servant. He's willing and he's self-committed to permanent service to God. So he calls himself a bond servant. This is how we want to see ourselves today as a bond servant, willing and standing on his word and willing to share it always, incessantly. Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God. What? Grace and peace be multiplied unto you through the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord according as his divine power has given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness, through the knowledge of him that has called us to glory and virtue, whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that by these ye might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption world through lust. And besides this, given all diligence, add to your faith virtue, and to virtue knowledge, and to knowledge temperance, and to temperance patience, and to patience godliness, and to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness charity. For these things be in you, and abound, they make you that ye shall neither be barren nor 
unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But he that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off, and has forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if ye do these things, ye shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We thank God for the reading of his word. So as I started to say, Peter introduces himself as a servant. What are the characteristics of a bond servant? They're devoted to pleasing God. They're zealous for the gospel. What does that mean, zealous for the gospel? That we seek the word in, with enthusiasm. That we, we look to search the word. That we are hungering and thirsting after God's word. That this is what we're, we're looking to hear from him through his word. That's what that means. It means to show great energy and enthusiasm in pursuit of a cause or an objective. In this case, in pursuit of God. And they're also concerned for other believers. And we learn to be this, and we learn that this is what we're called to do. Am I our brother's keeper? Yes, I am. Do I love you? Yes, I do. Am I concerned for your welfare? Yes, I am. Am I concerned for you as a part of my body because we are jointly and fitly joined together, that we make a complete and whole body? Yes, I am. Because when I bump my knee, the rest of me knows it. If I bump my head and go unconscious, the rest of me does the same thing. So it's important that we do look after one another because you're, you're a part of me. You're a part of who I am. When you step outside those doors and you say Canaan, then I step outside behind you. How do you want me to be seen? How do others see me after encountering you? Okay, so we'll leave that alone. We'll leave that alone. But most of these lessons are, not, are, are to allow us to search ourselves to see ourselves, number one, as God sees us, as he's called us to be, and also to walk in the way that he has called us to walk. Okay, I'll leave that alone too, because that might just be for me. So now, Peter was a known leader among the disciples, among the apostles, and he was originally known as Simon or Simeon. And this means rock or stone. He was the son of a fisherman. Um, his brother Andrew is the one that brought him to Christ. I believe if you all were, have been in Bible study for any length of time, we have gone through those that the Lord, Lord called. Peter was one of those. And he was introduced by his brother. Again, these things are expected of us. When the Lord does something good for you, how many of us have a testimony? How many of us make it our testimony? How many of us share that word or what the goodness that God has done and been to you to others? Again, this is what we're called to do. 
He was married, and a lot of people don't know that. He was married with a wife that actually accompanied him on some of his missions. And um, he was a spokesman for the 12. I'm just giving you background on Peter because so that you know that he was there, really there, and, and, and he carried a word that the Lord gave him. He, showed, he was shown a vision. I think some of you might have heard this, shown a vision of the unclean animals on the sheep. And he said, oh, I can't touch that. It's unclean. And the Lord tells him, you don't get to call whatever I've created unclean. So Jesus um, once asked him, who am I? And he responded that he is the Christ. And he said, you did not get that from man. Nobody told you that. The spirit, the God above, had to tell you that. So again, that's an example to us. We get this not by what we can think, how we can rationalize, how we can kind of think it through ourselves, but the Lord has to reveal himself through his word to us in that we might receive it and we might get the benefits, just as Peter did, of knowing who he is. So this, this lesson is on growing in faith. Growing in faith through the knowledge of the word which is in line with what pastor is teaching us in our lessons. That knowledge, wisdom and knowledge, understanding. These are the things that cause us to grow. These are the things that moves us and causes us to be zealous. These are the, this is the confidence that we have in Christ, but we have no confidence in what we're not aware of. If there's anybody that disagrees, leave me a note afterwards. But it's hard to have confidence in something you're not aware of. You know that's a bench, and so you trust that when you sit on it, it'll stay in place and you're going to be able to sit on it. Why? Because you've been taught that this is what we sit on, and this is the purpose of this. So the Word of God comes to do the same thing, to give us those things that we can be confident in, that we can rely on, that we know to be true. That we can, so that we can speak to the enemy when he comes to us and tries to convince us of, otherwise, of something different. Knowing the word, standing on his word, understanding his word, giving it the, 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 the time and the energy that makes it become a part of who we are. Amen. So now, who was Peter writing to in this book? He addressed this letter, as he said in, in 2 Peter 1 and 1, to those who have received a faith of the same kind as ours. Who does that mean? That means to you, to me. So in that, and when he was writing, were to the churches in Asia Minor. But today, he's writing it to us because this is not a word from yesterday. It's a word for today. This is what we're standing on today. And it's as relevant today as it was then. Why did he write it to them? He wrote it to them because during that time, there were false teachers. There were false teachers weaving themselves through the people, speaking things that were not true, making doctrine 
that was not doctrine. Binding people with word that God did not give them. So this is why Peter was concerned. He got reports of this, and so he was concerned. And so he decided, hey, I need to talk about this because I need you to know. Just like pastor teaches us that we need to learn this word, we need to have it so ingrained that the thing that sounds like it's right, that is so close to being right, that we can hear not just what is said, but what wasn't said. And then we can hear what was said that wasn't right. This is the importance of getting that word in you. This is the importance of not just having milk, but being able to eat meat that will sustain the life necessary for you to grow. Okay, we're not going to go there. I'm just going to move on. So he addressed this letter to them. <sighs> These people were the same people he had written the first letter to. And now he's writing a second letter. So why is it that he's writing a second letter? Was it that the first letter didn't take? Or was it merely that we're at another place and there's another something? As we grow, we will find we're in another place, always growing, in another place that we find ourselves in that the Lord has to address us in our lives. We are never, I'm like Paul, I have not apprehended. I've not come to the completion of who I am. I don't know all things. In every moment that I live, the Lord gives me something else that I need to check myself on and that I need to understand so that I can move forward. Because when I live, somebody else gets to live. And that's the purpose, that I live so that you might live. Hmm. Okay. So that back then, the church was struggling because of persecution and because of suffering that was going on, but there was also internal things that were going on. There was strife going on. There was dissension going on. The big me, the little you, the I'm important, more important than you, that you need to hear what I have to say and don't necessarily listen to what the other guy has to say. This is the thing that was going on in the church then. So Peter re received that report because these people, I don't know how many of you listen to TikTok. I don't do TikTok, but some people do. And they call people who are on TikTok that gets people to listen to them as influencers. That's what these people were in the church at that time. They were influencers causing people to walk in the way that they were discussing. So influencers on TikTok might be someone who is um, peddling a product. I have a niece that does makeup, and so she's on TikTok. And after a certain amount of people start to look at them, they actually pay them for doing these things. And people will seek them out to put that, to put that word out and so this is what these people were doing here in the church. They were influencers. They were putting stuff out that would cause people to move in certain ways, cause people to think in certain ways. 
and not in God's way. So, and he went further so that he would encourage the saints to stand firm, to stand firm on what they had received. And he explains to them how to do it, how to stand on what God has given you, how to be sure. Because this is where the confidence, again, this is where our confidence comes in. This is how we begin to stand because we know the word. It's ingrained in our hearts. If you're listening to what pastor is teaching these days and he's teaching on wisdom and knowledge and understanding, and if you understand that that's your life source, then you understand that listening, and we never get too comfortable with this word. We, it, it's not, never so common and so, so um, everyday-ish to us that we don't need to hear it because I've heard that story before. We're teaching in Genesis, and I believe that most of, the, of what is going on in Genesis, most of us will have said, we've heard that before. And if we didn't hear it before, I mean, we think about Noah's Ark. I've heard Noah's Ark before. I know that story. So my ear doesn't have to be open, but there's a, something in that story that's relevant to today that makes us need to hear it again and again and again because faith comes by what? Hearing. Not having heard. Faith comes by hearing. That ING makes it ever ongoing present. Faith comes by hearing not by having heard. So here we have Peter telling them that I'm writing to those who have received what I received and I want you to stand on that. You can stand on that. And in that, he emphasized the importance of learning and clinging. What do I mean by clinging? Anybody ever see someone drowning? And if you haven't, I'm sure you've seen on the news or you've seen some movie or something that shows you about somebody drowning. And when they're drowning, they tell you, don't go rushing out there, just you, to go save that person without having something with you that you can put between you and that drowning person because they would be so desperate for life that they would grab onto you and take you under. This is why we hold on to this word. This word is between Beverly and whoever is out there drowning. This word is the apparatus that I use to bring them in, to bring them to safety, because Beverly in and of herself cannot do it. Not only that, if I go out there unarmed, if I go out there without anything, I could be pulled down. Amen. I could be taken under. That's why it's important that we know this word. And we do understand, as I will get into later and stick a pen in it, that we have stages of growth. But here, Peter is just encouraging you to cling, to hold on to that word to hold on to the knowledge and understand the importance of knowledge. Again, pastor's preaching on this, but even in this short three chapters, we have knowledge being 
emphasized in one way or another somewhere between 15 and 16 times, and, which means how important is that? Not only did you say it once, you didn't say it twice, you went to the umpteenth time to ensure that I understand that knowledge is important. What does the Bible say about the lack of knowledge? Oh, okay, I don't even want to do it. What does the Bible say about the lack of knowledge? We do what? We perish. Why do we perish? We don't have anything to stand on. We don't have anything to go out and save somebody with. We don't have enough to build ourselves up so that we're not easily knocked down. Ah, I'm just saying. I might just be talking to myself. I might just be talking about myself. I understand the importance of, of having the word of God written in my heart. So he's asking them to cling to knowledge. And he says to pursue it, to pursue spiritual maturity through the word of God. One, acquire true knowledge. What's true knowledge? And how do you know when it's true knowledge? If you remember what I stated earlier, I stated that there is sometimes we hear stuff that says, so sounds so right, so close to the truth. And if you don't listen, and if you haven't learned, you would, I have a game at home, and it's called Bible or Church. It gives us these phrases, and it wants you to determine if it's word, or did we make that up? Or because we heard it so often in church that it began to sound like word to us. That it, it sounds so, mm, God must have said that. Goes back to Eve in the garden. Did God say you would die? You shall not surely die. So close. So, so close that she entertained it. We are so close, hear it often so close that it sounds like it's the right thing. Must be God, because it sounds like God. But if I knew God, you might get to some words that you said, that sounds like something Sister Beverly would say. But if you knew me, you could say without a doubt, Sister Beverly said that. But if you don't know me, and you just kind of seen me skirting around the building, you might say, well, you know what, that could have come from her. Mm, you know, it sounds good. Mm, I trust you, I'll take it. Well, this is what Peter is telling them. No, not so. Study the word. Know what was given to you. Stand on what was given to you because that's the sure foundation. Pastor says, not my opinion. Beverly's opinion don't count. I have one. I always have one. You want my opinion, I'll let you know it's my opinion. And I have one on just about everything. 
I don't know everything, but I have an opinion on just about everything. So if you ask me, you'll get that. But now if I turn to you and say, what does the word say? That you can be sure of. What does the word say? So we're going to acquire true knowledge, that that's found in the word. I don't have my, my physical Bible here, but I do have my iPad, which has my Bible on it. But I'm like, Pastor, it has to come from the word. That's what I stand on. And then, anybody know anything about the learning process? We have our audio, our visual, our kinetic. We have to use our hands. We have to touch it. We have to feel it. Well, they say that learning comes from incorporating all those things. So you, we can sit here all day long and pastor can just feed us the word or put the word out there for us to eat, if you would. But if we don't mix it, if we don't put our hands on it, if we don't walk in it, if we don't practice it, if we don't make it part of our daily, if we don't make it who we are, then it's just sitting there. There's no use for it. Unless you make use of it, it doesn't do anything to build you up. I could sit and look at a plate of food all day. If I never ingest it, it's just food and it's just sitting there and there's no use for it. And eventually, it disappears. So we wanna be hearers and doers, not just one. So, understand that knowing the word is also your first line of defense. When the enemy, when Satan approached Christ himself, and you know he was a, he's a brave soul to do that, because he knew who God was. And when he approached him himself, what was Jesus' response? He gave him word. He gave him word. And what can you do with the truth, especially if it's the word? What could he do with it? Nothing. Be but this is where we have to stand. We stand on the word that we should be. We learn the word so that we have a response to the enemy and to false teachers. We have a response. We're not left out there on our own because the Lord has given us something to keep us, his word. And so Peter is going through this process and talking to these people so that they understand that the word is important. Word is important and prayer is important. Being in constant, and I'm going to add this one, consistent because today I pray tomorrow I'm too busy Friday I pray Saturday is the day I get all my chores done I'm out there cleaning and shopping I don't have time to get that prayer in oh but I do I'll just say a little quick on my way Father God in your name bless me today help me get all this done Keep me safe. Look down upon my family. Thank you. And I'm on my way. Mind you, I'm doing all of that in my car. I did not take a, make a space for the Lord in my time, 
in my house, nowhere. I'm going to take this on the road and we're going to go. But this is a constant and consistent communication with God. Does it mean I walk around all day saying, Jesus, 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 Jesus? No, but my mindset is, is, Lord, this is about you. Guide me. I'm acknowledging you in all my ways that you might direct my path. And I'm trusting your word. That if I don't lean upon my own understanding, that if I acknowledge you in all my ways, that you will direct my path, that you will uphold me with your righteous right hand, that you will be my Jehovah and the sea, the one who's fighting my battles, because I don't have to do it. I just have to rely on you. That your word is in me so much so that I don't have to worry about where I'm stepping because my feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel. Maybe it's just me. But I have to rely on him like that. Because the one thing Beverly used to think was that she was smart. I knew so much. That's why I got opinion about everything. I knew so much. Whatever I thought had to be right. Because my committee said it was right. I got five people on my committee. And every time I say something, they say yay and amen. Until Jesus steps in. And he says, uh, that'll be a no. My word says this. Didn't I tell you to lean not upon your own understanding? Didn't I tell you that? Didn't I tell you that I am your shepherd and you shall not want? Didn't I tell you that? So why are you struggling and why are you out there trying to force something that I said not so? Didn't I tell you? But if I never open the book, if I never come and sit under somebody who has gone through these lessons, who has studied that I might hear this word, if I never made it my business to seek after that word, what am I standing on? I only talk to myself. And myself is almost always wrong. Just so you know. So before you come asking me for anything, ask me what God say. Because if you ask me about my opinion, I got one. I, I promise you, I got one. So now, let's think about the stages of growth. And let's liken it to our spiritual growth. When we were a baby, or anybody who can't remember that far back, and you've seen a baby, or you've come in contact with a baby, then you know that this is the center of their world. They just wanna, and it, it serves two purposes, really. It's for self-preservation, because they know it has to go in in order for it to become a part. But then it just, it tastes good, it's just, Whatever is pleasant to me, and it's just one of those natural inclinations that I want to fulfill to chew. But they are not able to discern what they should or should not eat. What's edible? What's not edible? Babies don't know that. They just know this mouth is meant for something. And whatever you put in it, I'm going to try it. 
So they're babies, and there are some of us that are babies in Christ. And even though we have been sitting under the word, we have stunted growth. Because we sit under the word, but we're not taking it in. We're just sitting under the word. It says, First um, Peter 2 and 1 says, Wherefore, lying aside, laying aside every malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings, as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word, that ye may do what? Grow thereby. It says that you may grow thereby. And 1 Corinthians 3 and 1 says, And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal, even as unto babes in Christ. Because babes don't, can't think past this. This is the center of my world, and as a baby would think, I should be the center of yours. And that's how babies think. So when I cry, you should come running. When I'm hungry, you should feed me. What about what you've just been fed? Where is it? Has there, when you're taken in as a baby, it's for the purpose of growing. When we take in, it's for the purpose of growing. There is a purpose for receiving this word and it's not just to say, I have been sitting in my seat Every Sunday, you know who I am, because I've been sitting in that seat every Sunday on time before church starts. I got my seat. I'm there. I sing. I worship, or at least I think I worship. I do sing because I can make a joyful noise. But I'm sitting there, but I'm just sitting there. And when the word is presented, I'm just going to take it. I'm just going to eat it. But am I going to eat it? We have babies that will eat and eat and eat until they're sick. Then you have one like my grandbaby who is had enough, know when they had enough, and they'll stop. And then you have those that whenever you present them with food, mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. So which one are you? The one that eats until they're sick? The one that eats and know when they had enough? Or the one that said, mm-mm, I'm not eating at all. This is not something that, food has never been my top choice of things. I might look like I eat a whole lot, but that has never been my vice of choice. So when you start talking about fasting, for me to say, you know, I'm going to give up a meal. I'm not going to eat today. Well, guess what? That's not the best I have to offer the Lord because that's not what takes up my time. Even though we eat to grow, we need to know what we're eating. I can't eat from everybody's table in the natural. I won't eat from everybody's table in the spiritual. 
I have to hear what the Lord is saying, but I can only know how to distinguish that if I've already surrendered myself and I have given up my rationale so that I can, if I can take Beverly out of it so that I can see God and then place Beverly back there so I can see me in light of God, then I'm open for growth. Then I'm open for understanding. Then I'm open to receive wisdom. Then he's open to revealing himself to us, to me in particular. This is a thing, these are, these are times even more so than, than ever before, especially with everything that's going on around us. And I'm gonna tell you, I'm a, I'm a political junkie. And so yes, I go through withdrawals when I don't see it. And, and I try to tell myself, I listen to it so that I know what to pray for. That's what I try to tell myself. I'm listening to this so I know what to pray for. But really, I'm just listening and trying to make sense of it in my own head. In the meantime, yes, the Lord does speak to me. Pray for our country. Pray for those who are out there committing the things that they're committing. Those who have who are working on laws that are going to affect me. Pray for them. And Lord, I pray that you work through them, around them, and in spite of them. But I need to know your word so that my confidence doesn't lie in them. As good of a man as Biden might be, he's just a man. And except God moves through him, works on him, except he knows the word of God, except he stands on the word of God, he can't do anything for me. If God doesn't do it, it won't get done. But my confidence is, is in his word that he said he would do it. My confidence is in the fact that he said that he is my God, he is my shepherd, I shall not want. The fact is that me understanding his word allows me to move to the next place. And that's what we're talking about, growing your faith. But you can only grow your faith through the word. We look at each other. Oh, I'm going to do what Sister Beverly does only as I follow Christ. And how do you distinguish that? I can tell you, because I want you to see me the way I want you to see me. So I can tell you what I want you to see. But God can tell you better than I can what you're looking at. My words, if they don't line up with my living, there's a problem. And if you're following me, and my words are not living up to my, in line with my living, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Pastor gets up here every Sunday. He gets up here on Wednesdays, and, he, and he's here on Saturdays, and I want to do what Pastor does. I want to pray like Pastor does. I want to study like Pastor does. I want to know how to discern like pastor does. 
But the Lord puts that on me to study to show yourself approved. For me to sit here and get the word, because how can we hear except there's a preacher? It, I sit here and get the word, but he expects me to take that word, put it in there, pray over that word, search that word for myself, understand what pastor is saying, because just to have it pass through, and he says, you know, hearing is a, you know, it goes in your ear and you hear it, but hearing that we're talking about is the one that causes you to do it, causes you to move on it, causing you to desire it even more. I heard this, because one of my goals, and I asked the Lord to, to please grow that in me, is that I can encourage people to be a lover of the word, to want to search the word, to want to know more, to do what God would have you to do. I want to be that instrument. But I can't be that instrument if I'm not doing what it takes to be that instrument. If I'm not studying, if I'm not seeking out the word, if I'm not showing up on a Wednesday. And no, we're not just talking about the process of sitting in the seat. I mean, show up, open, available. That's what I'm talking about. Not just, I'm in my seat. Not just, I'm, 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 I'm clapping my hands because in the choir knows and when somebody says raise your hands, I'm raising my hands. But what's going on in here? What's going on in here? What's, what, I'm not just hearing with my ear, but uh, my spirit is receiving this word that I might grow in faith. That's what's important, that I might grow in faith that I might not remain just a baby, that I will grow up and be the adult in Christ, the mature saint. Because that's what pastor says he's teaching us for, that we might become mature saints in him, that we might know when to step to the left, when to step to the right, when to move forward, when to step back, when to let him move, maybe not through us, but we recognize his move. This is what the word is for. This is why we study it. This is why it's for that, to grow our faith. How many know that your faith is only grown through confidence? Mother Coleman told me, one of the first things she told me when she and I began to talk with one another was to trust God enough to try him and try him enough to trust him. How do we do that? How do we trust him enough to try him? That's where his word comes in. And how do we try him enough to trust him? That's where his word comes in. Because understanding his promises, let us know even in prayer, Lord, this is what I can ask for. This is how you would have me pray. Our Father who art in heaven, Lord, hallowed be thy name, your holy and I understand that I'm bound before a holy God. Thine kingdom come. What am I seeking first? I'm seeking first the kingdom. He said all else will be added unto me. Thy kingdom come. Thine will be done. Huh. How, even, how even do I walk in that without knowing your word? On earth. Not when you die. 
while you're still here on earth as it is in heaven because he's already told me whatever is loosed, he'll loose. Whatever I bind, he'll bind. He's already doing these things in the heavenlies. And we're able to do those things. Why? Because we understand who we are in him. We understand what he's given us. We understand who we are in him. That's part of growth. My big grandbaby is two years old now. And now she's saying, my name is Tootie. Well, that's not her name. But that's what she's saying. Because that's what we call her. My name is Tootie. Now I'm trying to get her to say, my name is Beverly Michael. So that she understands why we're calling you Tootie, your actual name is Beverly Michael. Sometimes that's what the Lord is doing for us. We're walking around saying, my name is Tootie. We walk, and, and, and if somebody asks you, what's your name? My name is Tootie. No, what's your other name? What's the name that God has given you? What's the name that, you know, we start, Peter started out as Simon or Simeon, but his name was changed to Peter. Then you, you, we turn around, we can go back even further than that. Jacob's name was Jacob. Then his changed, name was changed to Israel. What's your name, children of God? What's your name, son of God? What's your name, man of God? What's your name, woman of God? What's your name in the kingdom? What's your name? Do you know your name? Do you know what comes with that name? There's responsibility. There's gifts. There's knowledge. All of that comes with your name in the kingdom. But it comes with growth. Who you are when your name was changed. Where are you standing now that your name has been changed? Now I'm no longer that babe that only needs milk. I'm growing up and milk is, as a matter of fact, as you get older, they tell you, don't drink so much milk because your body doesn't absorb that calcium like it did and like when it needed it. So now you're, we're transitioning. We're trying to grow this faith. This faith is grown through what? The word. How do we get this word? We study ourselves and yet he gave us a preacher. He gave us teachers. He gave us friends. He says we are overcomers through each other's testimony and the blood of the lamb. So he gave us one another so that this body would grow. You hear pastor talking about inviting someone. That's part of our growth process. You should, if you are afraid to say, you know what, the Lord has a purpose for your life. Come find out what the purpose for your life is. If you're afraid to say that, I was about to go somewhere I shouldn't go. If you're afraid to say that, then you might wonder, well, where am I? Am I that babe that's still drinking milk? He's trying to give me a little cereal in that milk to fortify it so to stick a little longer to my bones and I grow a little bit faster and grow a little bit stronger, and, but I just can't take it. I'm not ready for that. I'm not ready to surrender. I'm not ready 
for that. I'm not ready to see myself in that word yet because that means there's a responsibility to God, to the kingdom, to myself, to those who are around me. I'm not ready for that. But Peter is encouraging them to grow your faith. Cling to the word that you've been given. That you might grow up and be mature adults. That you might be able to show a maturity to those who are watching you. If I acted like my children act, how do they now come to me and ask for my advice? No, Lord, I pray that I'm this wise woman of counsel. I used to have to nurture them. I used to have to nurture them and hold them close. And now I don't. But when they come to me and they ask me, Mom, I'm having this situation. What's going on? I need you to to tell me something. I need you to help me with that. But I don't have anything in here to offer that they might live and not die. How many understand that what you give can be the life or death of someone? What you don't give can be the life or death of something. What you don't understand in the word can be your life or death. This word is important. Peter understood it was important because there were people who were saying the wrong thing and there were people who were following them and there were people who did not care whether these people live or die. Thank God for a pastor that cares whether we live or die because that word that he is giving us, that he's encouraging us to come to get, is our lifeline, our very first defense against the enemy. Amen. We say thank you for the word. The people represent the church no matter where we are, so stay connected and reach others as we grow in